0: and welcome to another episode of That's a Random, a Random Movie Podcast. I'm Heath Lambert. I'm joined today, as I often am, by Chris Lambert, who at this point is practically Hello. co-host status. You're on it so many times. <laughs> so we had to shuffle some stuff around. This episode's movie is Point of Fear, from 2008, which was picked randomly some weeks ago. But we moved it down the schedule um for very good reason we are also joined on this episode by the writer and director of point of fear mr brooks benjamin hello sir hello thank you
1: for having me i I heard that this was an award show that you were going to be um just just showering the movie with endless amounts of praise and i just can't wait to hear what you
0: say (laughs) Joking, joking. Yeah, we we had a statue, but the dog ate it. So. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> um, number one thing that I'm wondering is you you just told us off mic that you didn't even know that this movie was streaming on Amazon Prime, which it is. Um, I'm wondering, do you, I don't. I'm not hundred percent clear on how like residuals and things work. Is the fact that Chris and I each watch? I watched it twice. He watched it at least once. Probably some of my listeners will watch it as well. Do you get a check for that?
1: <laughs> no, no, um, no. me and my friends, after we made it, I say me and my friends, it was me and my wife, and then we had um, a friend who was doing sound and that was our crew. And all of the you know, cast members and everything else were just friends of ours. And we just, we had never shot anything before. I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but no. Zero residuals because after we were finished with it, we literally just kind of put it on DVD ourselves and Sent it out to the world, to festivals, things like that, and we're like, oh, we made a movie, cool. And that was it. (laughs) So I don't know where it
0: ended up, how it ended up there, you know. And that's an interesting point because I've, a question that I've also been asked myself on this show is is it possible for me, a nobody, to punch down? We've had big budget movies, we've had small budget movies. This is our first sort of micro budget movie that we had, and there's a lot of them on Amazon. I wonder if their creators know that it's on Amazon. <laughs> um, Good question. <laughs> what I'm not going to do, which would be an easy instinct, I think, is to make fun of how this movie looks, because the reason, the way that you got on this show is because I just had I was not expecting to ask you to be on the show. Um, I just I found you on Twitter, I sent you a direct message, and asked how long the movie took to Shoot, because IMDb told me the budget was five thousand, and so I thought, okay, for five thousand, doesn't actually because Clerks came out in nineteen ninety three and cost four times what your movie cost, and they look kind of the same. I mean, visually, quality wise.
1: Right, right, right.
0: So, um, so five thousand dollars and twenty one days to shoot is correct. Yeah, and five thousand dollars was. <laughs> It honestly, did
1: not cost five thousand dollars. We obviously didn't pay anybody, we just had to enter a number. And um, when we were putting it on IMDb, I remember my brother saying, Don't put nothing because it's gonna look really bad. And I was like, Well, what do I put? And he was like, Put five thousand dollars. I was like, Okay, it's like, but that's not true. And he's like, It's okay, it just it's low enough to where it'll be like, Okay, yeah, five thousand dollars. That's not a good budget for this movie. But it's not gonna be zero because he's like, then you're gonna get all these offers. People are gonna want you to direct a movie for free. I was just like, I don't really care. <laughs> so I put it five thousand dollars. I, like I said, we paid nobody anything. It was just shooting kind of on the weekends around everybody's schedule. So twenty-one days was kind of like, you know, Saturday and Sunday this month, and then you know, or this week, and then the next week we had like three days we could shoot. So it was kind of like. Which is probably why, one of the many reasons, continuity-wise, was, you know, there were some serious issues because there were long spans of time in between the days that we were shooting, so it wasn't 21 consecutive days.
0: I see. Um, But yeah, so what what we're not going to do is pick on how the movie looks, because like I said, for a movie that came out 15 years later and cost, well, I guess, less than a quarter of what, for instance, example clerks cost and they kind of like visually they look quality wise pretty similar so we're not gonna there are things to pick on but that's not gonna be um and we do we just kind of we took notes and we're just gonna kind of go through the plot i have three pages of notes which is a record so we'll try a little quick (laughs) because i don't want to keep you here all day um so the movie opens we have a, a elderly lady afraid to walk down a dark alley she should be afraid to walk down a dark alley because some mystery man comes out of the dark and uh, <laughs> hangs spooky shit to her and um, kills her real good <laughs> kills her real good <laughs> I didn't write down how he kills her it's probably a stab I,
2: I, I believe he stabs her and <laughs> I, I, that was yeah. actually a thing I was I was just going to ask because I, I was a little confused. There Was it was it the dark alley she was afraid of or was it the flight of stairs that she had to go down? Because it seemed like she was scared right, to go down the stairs?
0: More like a, <laughs> wasn't there. just afraid to be outside in general? That is
1: a, you know, uh, we left it open to interpretation. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't remember. I think we, okay, so like when, when me and my brother, we kind of wrote this thing together. We hammered out this script and like, an afternoon, you know, we were like, let's just write. no, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> we my house, and I was just like, right out of college, I was like, my, my goal was like, I want to start a production company, want to like shoot commercials, and of course, you know, I live, we lived down the boonies, and there was nowhere around here or nowhere around where I lived to like shoot commercials. So my brother was like, let's just make a movie, like a short film. I was like, okay, cool, and I was like, well, why are we going to make it short? Let's make a regular movie. He was like, cool. So he came over on the weekend or one day on the weekend and we sat down and we are just like, okay, what's it about? And we just went as trophy as possible. Friends go to a cab and we're like, yeah. And we we're like, okay, we're gonna have the jock. We're gonna have the kind of the nerdy dude. We're gonna have the party girl. And then there's four of them, right? Yeah, there's four, yes. there's four of them. Yeah. And then yep. the, the more level is yep. is how we were doing it. And we we're just, you know, he, he's the the, um, the doctor in the yes. movie is my brother. So he's, you know, kind of writing this thing like, oh, I want to do this. I want, you know, I want it to be like this. And I'm a doctor. And, you know, I'm, I'm grieving because of my wife. And it, it makes me go crazy. And I'm thinking I can cure these people. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. And I'm there typing it all of them. Yeah. This is great. You yeah, know, this is awesome. Never, you know, p- thought we were actually going to film it, but we ended up doing it. But, um, Yeah, the idea of, like, him taking people who had these phobias and, like, killing them with their phobias sounded really good in our heads, but translating it to screen (laughs) didn't quite work. But, yeah, I think she was, like, scared of the dark alley, probably.
2: Okay. Stairs. I don't know if, like, being scared of stairs is a thing. Probably. (laughs) And, actually, I I did kind of like the idea of the the doctor killing them with the fears that he was supposed to be trying to cure them of. because i i was thinking about it i was like i don't think i've seen that done before that's that's a pretty original idea yeah the problem is i remember i mean
1: even while we were shooting i was thinking you know if we're gonna like use these fears to like be you know our, our scenes where we're the bad guys killing the innocent people it's like we've got to go huge we've got to go really big so like on the, the spider one like the idea was we wrote it in the script it was like then he like uh, opens up like this trunk and it has like all these tarantulas and bird-eating spiders and they crawl out and he shoves the guy in there and we were thinking why does he have a trunk full of spiders and we're like it doesn't care yeah, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter he just does so <laughs> I mean yeah we, we didn't execute it as good as we could have for sure but yeah, I think the idea was kind of interesting, at
0: least. <laughs> yeah, there's an idea there. It's almost like a scarecrow from Batman, sort of. With what yeah. they, he do, he doesn't really ever kill anyone with what they fear. He kind of just out and stabs them. So. Unless they were... Boy, that, he nuts. does drown the guy
2: that's afraid of drowning. That's true.
0: That's the one guy. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. kill the guy who's scared of spiders with the spider. He doesn't scare the girl who's afraid of heights by pushing her off the cliff. <laughs> yeah. And
1: no snakes. I mean, the just ends up starving to death, probably. So. Could be.
0: Was scared of spiders <laughs> and not having food. So. so then we meet. We cut to we meet Parker, Karen, Melissa, and Mark, who are sitting around at the table drinking as as young friends do. Now. Sure most movies like this none of the actors would ever be seen again. But <laughs> Linz Edwards, who plays Mark, has had a bit of a career after this. He has. In the Lethal Weapons show, he was on Nashville, Under the Dome, Powers, The Walking Dead, something else that I wrote down. He's been in a
1: bunch of stuff, yeah.
0: So to, is like awesome have a trajectory and escape from this kind of movie is something that people usually don't do. So good for him.
1: He's a talented dude. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so happy that he continued with the acting. Um, my brother also did as well, but he kind of got into the stunt side more of it. And the others, like I said, were just kind of friends who really didn't have it. They didn't really want to act. They were just like willing to do it. But Linz, like, uh, we found him, I think, in, like, community theater, and we were like, oh, because we were kind of friends already. We were like, Linz, you're so good. Do you want to be in our movie? And he's like, sure. I'm like, cool. <laughs> so, but he's talented. He's a really good actor.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to get to it later, but we might as well do it now. Uh, yeah, Dr. Jameson, who's played by your brother, who, yeah, he's become, a, like, a stunt coordinator and a stunt guy, and he has played SWAT guy number two in a number of things, including... Many episodes of *Snapped*, which is a show I will say on Mike, I have seen every episode of. Like <laughs> there being like 28 seasons of that show, I have seen every single oh. episode. Of Snapped. So I've probably seen your brother many, many times. Awesome. <laughs> um, we instantly know that Parker is the guy in the group of friends. That. Why is anyone friends with him? <laughs> <He's laughs> so unlike everyone, like he's sexist to the girls he's saying i mean and they're kind of in on it but you know he's saying nasty shit to the girls yeah making fun of his male friend he's the guy that like why why are we bringing him on our trip to the mountains which is what they're there for they're gearing up for and they're going to drive into the mountains melissa is afraid of heights um so there's some discussion about that she kind of doesn't even want to go to the mountains. She's just kind of maybe thinking about just going with them and then just wandering around or sitting at the cabin and not doing much activities wise. So they drive to Point Pleasant, the little town where the presumably Point of Fear, the title, comes from. And they're in the little um, gas station, uh, Five and Dime, whatever you call it, I guess. And um, here's where we meet Dr. Jameson. Fear Doctor as the newspaper that they find um, and describes. They also read an article about the old lady that we saw at the beginning getting killed. Now, this girl, this young blonde girl, spies Dr. Jameson from across the room. And I'm not. Your brother's not an ugly man. I'm not saying. But he is not what I would necessarily assume a woman. He's not the big bag of eye candy you would think
1: he would be to get the like that. <laughs> to the I point
0: guess. that she's like, look at that guy. Yeah. i got to go talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> in a conversation in which he explains that he moved here because his. She's very nosy, number one. You, haven't, you just met this person, sort of. Yeah. What well, would you move here? Well, my wife and kid died. And she says to her friends, and I quote, his wife and kid died. That is so hot.
1: (laughs) This girl has some issues.
0: This is so funny. (laughs) Yeah, not not bad for a small town doctor. My brother, remember, was helping
1: me write this, and he's pretty much in charge of all the doctor parts. So I, do you distinctly remember that when we're getting to the bar it's like oh she notices me and she thinks I'm I remember we having, we're we having a conversation she's like I'm gonna lose a lot of weight I'm gonna get ripped and she's gonna notice me and she's gonna like really think I'm attractive and I'm thinking oh, okay <laughs> sure why not and, you know I'm thinking it's just probably gonna work so
0: it, yeah I, again, I he's, wanna, not, he's not a bad but, looking guy by any means No, no. He's, he's definitely dad bod a bit yeah
1: like <laughs> he's not even like Zach Efron dad bod, who would get glances for sure.
0: <laughs> but you get glances from me. Yeah. Right. Um. There's also the sheriff there, the small town sheriff. who Oh my god, the sheriff. That's all immediately, but he knows this guy's whole story about his wife and kid dying, how he moved here, and his practice. Which, at later at a later point in the movie, he has no clue where this man lives. So, I guess he didn't investigate that that much. Um, and high
2: quality uh, small town sheriff there. No, I love how he, he immediately, with his first two lines, establishes himself as a giant asshole and maintains that in every scene he has through the entire movie. Like, there is no... <laughs> like, maybe these kids need help. Maybe there's something to this. He just immediately, as someone talks to him, just goes, hey shut your fucking mouth, you know? I love that
1: about it. I will say this too, like so much of this movie was um, ad-libbed and uh, the story itself, you know, we typed up, of course our script was pretty bare bones. So when it came to shooting the scenes, especially these like group scenes where everybody's kind of feeding off one another, we rolled forever on those and they were just kind of throwing things back and forth Which is, I think, probably why um, the dark-haired guy—forget his name in the movie—but the the one who's like really irritating and unlikable—I think that's why he came like came off even more unlikable than what I thought he originally was. Because, you know, starting off, we're kind of following the script a little bit, and all of a sudden, you know, they're all friends and they're just kind of like one-upping each other, and me not knowing how to direct or how to you know do anything cinematically. I'm just like with my camera, like oh, this is great. I'm making a movie. I don't know what I'm doing. So, um, but I will say this also: the sheriff of uh, that we used was a friend of my brothers, and he he was very unlikable, like, <laughs> like in real life. Um, <laughs> so, we and I'm, I don't want to say this sounds so bad. I'm, I'm such a Pisces. I hate talking bad about anybody, but the reason that we used him is because he had owned this little, like, little deli in Oak Ridge, and my brother was like, hey, if we use him, he said he would, like, throw in some food for us whenever we shoot, and I was like, awesome, let's do it, so, we used him, we got, like, a couple of sandwiches whenever we shot, um, but, gosh, he was, he was rough, he was not, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more of, like, a shyer introvert, which doesn't seem to make a really good director, um, like I said, a Pisces, and he's just, like, loud. He was from Philadelphia. So everything he was saying was really loud like this. And, uh, and then just cursing left and right. I'm thinking, this guy scares me.
0: <laughs> I'm going to die. I'm not going to finish this movie. He's going to murder me. See, that's a pre-catering out of it, so. That's true. Some pre sandwiches. Budget, that's what you need. <laughs> uh, we see Dr. Jameson at his... Uh, At his office doing immersion therapy with the spider guy. He's just got a spider crawling with this guy. Not paying too much attention. He's real distracted by stuff. So the spider's getting way further than it's supposed to. And the guy's (laughs) kind of freaking out. Um, Then we have our first flashback to his, Dr. Jameson's son and this ventriloquist. Yeah, I guess it's a ventriloquist dummy. Yeah, yeah. Um, which will be very important later but it's just a little scene right there um, Parker further cementing what a douchebag he is <laughs> in the year of our lord 2008 a Big Johnson t-shirt <laughs> which was banned from my high school in 1996 like oh my gosh, <laughs> so I don't even know where he got that shirt from, or why he's wearing it. Good question. But that's exactly what you'd expect that guy to wear. So. Uh, oh my gosh, this is bringing back so many good memories. Oh good, <laughs> good memories. <laughs> um, our our gang of four goes on a hike. There's some discussion that. Uh, Mark likes Melissa, but he's never had the balls to talk to her about it. Parker's egging him on to do so. They stop to take a picture on the side of a cliff, basically right at the edge of a cliff. And Parker's impatient and angry with how Mark wants to do it. So he goes and grabs the camera and takes a shooting picture and then tosses the camera back to them. An effort to catch it to stop it from breaking which doesn't work as it breaks anyway uh melissa who's scared of heights falls, with air, <laughs> falls down and her feet are sort of dangling off the cliff and she loses her goddamn mind as if a shark just walked in the room like she wasn't in a terrible amount of danger but they save her she's this helps her because in the gas station, i kind of jumping around, but um, Mark had a discussion with Melissa, like, hey, if you're scared of heights, why don't you go see the fear doctor we read about? And she's like, I'm not going to go see a shrink on our vacation. But now, at this point, now that she's just had this mere accident, um, now she's a little more receptive to it. Um <clears throat> Uh, Where do you see? They're in the cabin at night. There's a whispered discussion. I say whispered discussion between Mark and Parker about if he's ever gonna make a move on the list. She's right there. She is eight inches away from them. <laughs> Not asleep, so <laughs> she's hearing this entire conversation. The little smile. Um I feel like I'm talking right over you, Chris. Do you have something to say? No, I've, no I'm,
2: I'm listening. You've got very good notes this week. So
0: I have so many notes this <laughs> week. <Like, laughs> um, they get up in the morning. Melissa has gone for a jog. She's left them a note. She took Karen's phone. Because I guess she doesn't have a phone. Apparently no one but Karen had a phone.
1: Um, Which, I mean,
0: in 2008...
1: Phones were pretty ubiquitous about, at that time. I mean, it was like, everyone had phones in 2008, right? But it's I can't remember, movie. it's been so long ago.
0: Yeah, and it's the old thing of, they say that how, how many movies are there that if you added one cell phone, probably, <laughs> yeah. you know, sometimes yeah. you have to take <laughs> the phone out of the equation. Speaking of phones yeah, and the age that they live in, in this cabin, and they will use it a couple times, the phone that is in this cabin is the most old-timey goddamn phone it's the hand <laughs> cradle is you hold up to your ear and then the mouthpiece yeah. is separate on the wall like indie the phone. yeah <laughs> was that a working phone for real yeah that was that was the cabin belonged to
1: um the lead girl uh the dark hair girl um I, m- I remember her real name i don't remember melissa in the movie but austin
2: yeah austin Yeah,
1: was her uh, is her real name but that was like her family's cabin in gallenberg and she was just like yeah you can use this and it was pretty cool because like half of the cabin was really rustic like the the paneling on the side was like that old-fashioned like log cabin stuff where you can see like the the whatever they put in between it and the other half was completely redone so it was like really shiny bright kind of you know polished wood so we used both things i think jameson's House or cabin or whatever he's using, is just the back part of that cabin. So it's the exact same cabin. And then that one part in the rustic part, they had that phone. It was like that was their phone, and you could actually call on it. So when Mark's on the phone, it's actually my wife talking to him, like, just like feeding him <laughs> lines, and he's just responding
2: to it. So it was the phone. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> um, I'm curious. Was was the was the rest of the movie shot in Gallenberg?
1: It was shot all the scenes in the wood were my mom's the woods in my mom's like backyard like i said we live on the boonies so we have a house and it's just woods (laughs) acres and acres of woods um so all the wood stuff was just shot in my backyard the scene where they're all in the the dining room that was my mom's house um it was all shot in Roan county except for
2: the cabin that was in gatlinburg because
1: I, mean, we I, was, I,
2: I was know. curious because next month I am going snowboarding up in Gatlinburg it'd be wild if I was like driving through I was like, holy crap, that place was in the movie. <laughs> <That's> the <cabin. laughs> I don't even remember
1: where that cabin was. It was it was hard to get to. It wasn't like one of those rental cabins like, you know, you big group of people can rent and they're really nice. This one was like a cabin that's just been in our family for a long time and they were slowly kind of like working on one end redoing all of it to the other so we caught him when, when they were halfway through so I, don't, I, I couldn't take you to that cabin if you paid me a million
0: dollars somewhere but <laughs> chris i want you to stop lying you're not going snowboarding you're going on a sightseeing trip of the locations of point of view okay
2: but the way people
0: uh, the way people go to the halloween house and the renown street house that's what you're doing <laughs> you're to me.
2: that's hilarious
0: um So Melissa's not going on it. Well, she jogs, but that's not her main purpose. She's going in secret to go see the fear doctor, Dr. Jameson. She comes in and sits down, is trying to tell him she's afraid of heights, and he's instantly... He looks at the picture over, over on the desk or whatever dresser of his wife and looks back at Grace, and she happens to put her arm behind her head in the exact same sort of pose, and... The flip is switched. Switch is flipped. There we go. Um, <laughs> and he starts calling her Grace, which is his dead wife's name. She's like, um. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, actually, no. I, if I remember right, when she comes to the door, like, he answers the door. And as soon as he sees her, he goes, Grace? And yeah, she you're just right. kind of like doesn't even notice. Oh, He's yeah. like, um, I'm, uh, are you the doctor? You know, it just rolls with it but then he just he keeps doing it over and over again. Now, and what I'm
0: gonna- I am going to think
1: like the actress we used for his wife and then Austin don't even look alike. Nope. He just had dark hair. That was it. <laughs> so, I'm gonna- It not take a whole
0: lot for him to remember his wife. It's just dark. Starting now, I'm gonna keep a running tally through the rest of the episode of the times in which, let them, let's count them, that Dr. Jameson proves himself to be the most incompetent criminal of all time. <laughs> Here's number one. We cut two. Melissa is tied to a bed, directly behind her, like behind the headboard of the bed, are windows just looking out into the trees. Do you not have a basement or something to tie this woman up in where people <laughs> can't just walk by and look in and go hey that's kinky shit <laughs> like and she's she also like tied with <laughs> she's tied with rope is generous it's line twine yeah um it's the thinnest possible <laughs> um so he leaves her there, he goes to the lake and meets Mr. Mackey, his patient who is scared of water. Um, and he starts telling Mr. Mackey, oh, my dead wife is back, which that's not what you want to hear from your <laughs> therapist whatsoever. <laughs> um, Our three remaining kids are on a rope swing and they start hearing screaming because Mr. Mackey and Jameson our Mr. Mackey's like I'm. you know what, I'm good for today I'm just going to go home because you're kind of freaking me out No, you better And he winds up drowning Mr. Mackey in the world, Which is his fear um, So the kids hear the screaming um, During the fight and He leaves the body there
1: too I mean there's no disposal of the body It's just like pff, you're drowned I'm walking away Doesn't he? I mean he doesn't even like yes like push, push the body out into deeper water. It's just, it's almost like he pulls it up on shore. There's a little sign in the sand. There's a dead body here.
0: And he, um, during the scuffle, he gets a head wound, because he's bleeding from his head, which is never seen again. No mark or anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know, there's your the continuity of things you're talking about. Yeah. So the kids heard the screaming. They get worried. They jump in, they jump in the car. They're heading back into town. They want to inform the police and they run into the deputy who then calls in the sheriff. And again, the sheriff is just instantly an asshole. He's not hearing anything they have to say. He's like, You did, you did you're a dumbass kid running around the woods screaming. Um, he's not concerned whatsoever. Um, to which Mark says, maybe the man we heard screaming is Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, good really on you oh, for having the hots for the girl who screams like a man? <laughs> hey, don't king shame. Nope. No way. <laughs> um, it it kind of it cuts back and forth all over the place. Uh, now we have instance number two of our count. Uh, Dr. Jameson has not checked to see if Melissa still has her phone or take it away from her or anything like that. She just has it in her room.
2: I I think he even sets it on the nightstand, like right next to the bed. Because later when she goes to try to get it, it's just there, right next to her, like three feet away.
0: When she she had it, he catches her trying to use it and takes it away and just sets it right now. (laughs) Moving two inches further away, now she'll never get it. Now the sheriff and the deputy, they find Mr. Mackey's body. They're very shocked. Um, come back again to Jameson and Melissa, and he's smacking her around, which is not great. Oh. Um... I don't even remember this part. That leads to him having a flashback to his son, Albert's death, which is (laughs) hilarious just puts this kid on a bike, and then goes in the house. This kid's learning out you're like, hey, okay, ride now. This kid's learning to ride his bike, and he pushes him down the street and goes in the house. And the wife's like, wait, wait, wait. And the kid falls down the street and gets taken out by a car. He, he blames the wife. The wife blames herself. And we see it also in the flash, like her ODing, she out of grief and, and loss and whatnot, ODs. So now he's lost everything. Um, then he's back with Spider-Boy again. He wants to, he's really going off the deep end now. He wants to talk to Spider-Boy with Tommy, dummy. And this kid's like, no, I'm good. I'll see you later, man. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he's not, he's not great at build, building confidence in his, <laughs> uh, clients trying to force it on him and the kid's like no i don't want your dummy and he throws it across the room breaks the picture frame that he's got grace's picture in, and that's and he snaps and he grabs this shoving him against the wall and he's choking him and then he he's like oh shit. i'm sorry sorry i did that we don't need to tell anybody about this and the kid's like no i'm gonna tell some people about this i <laughs> want to tell our very
1: competent sheriff
0: and he grabs a piece of the broken glass and stabs this kid in the back and stuffs him in it.
2: Him. Um, I think it's great that uh, if he had gone to the sheriff, even though the sheriff wildly distrusts this doctor, he still probably would have been like, yeah, right, fuck it out of here, you stupid kid. Probably. Well, that never yeah. happened. He, <laughs> he could have walked there with the like piece of the
1: knife or, or the glass sticking out of his back, and the sheriff would be like, you did it to his mouth.
0: That was oh, that's your fault, kid stupid kids <laughs> well and yeah. the glass the glass doesn't kill him he actually beats him to death with like a paper a glass paperweight or something right which okay he is then called in to the sheriff's office to answer some questions about mr. Mackey. we don't see the actual conversation we just sort of see the end of it then we cut back to he has now decided and here's number three on our hit list of he is now only after the police has spoken to Mr. Mackey has he gone back to his house to clean up the bloody crime scene he just left. He didn't pick clean up first. He waited until the <laughs> car con- really and then woke
1: the towel For a little while before you clean it, you know. That's, people don't know that. They just go right for the rags and the bleach. You really want it to
0: marinate a little. That's how you get the flavor. <laughs> <laughs> while he's cleaning, here's point four. He misses the murder weapon, the bloody paperweight, and it's just laying under his desk. So he didn't clean very thoroughly. That's true.
1: And that was a paperweight that my wife got me, too. I remember my brother broke it, because after he was like, doing that, he, like, tossed it on the ground. And the guy's house that we were in, which is the sheriff, like, it has that tile floor, and it just cracked. And I remember thinking, like, oh, God, that was, like, a present my wife got, or my girlfriend at the time. Now she's my wife. She was like, that was my present. That was the present she got me. So I was really mad at my brother after that.
0: Then Karen announces to the boys that she's got a date with Dr. Jameson. At least that's what she calls it. She really means she's, because she didn't ask this man for a date. It's going to go surprise him for a, under the auspices of I'm here to see you about this bullshit fear of snakes you made. Because she's got to get this guy alone. <laughs> I guess. Um, but she hasn't gone there yet. Melissa almost escapes. He smacks her around again. He Then, here's point number five. He calls Mark from Karen's phone. The phone that Melissa had. He calls more at. He calls the cabin on the old timey phone to tell them. Oh no, she's here and she's fine. She just can't come to the phone right now. What are you doing? What are you doing? He actually
2: uses about. the phrase "she's all tied up" right now.
0: Yeah, because oh. he's a funny
2: man. <laughs> if
1: you like, so just we don't can subtract co-
2: two incompetent
1: points and give him like five comedic points.
0: <laughs> don't call yeah, them at all. Problem. They're not even on. They don't even know that she went there. Yeah. I, I don't, don't know, know what the purpose for a was
2: Hey, probably assumed,
1: but yeah, I think honestly we just really wanted to use that phone at least once because <laughs> it was just so cool. We're like, oh, he calls her. It's like, yeah, that'll that'll make sense because this phone needs to be in the movie. I don't remember why we did that, but
2: bad writing. I think probably to use the phrase all tied up that's probably, uh, probably it yeah <laughs> do get that in there we but uh um...
0: <laughs> now above the bed that he has Melissa tied up to he has a wall of newspaper clippings and there are so many like um, wherever he came from they must have been talk of the town because there are probably 30 different articles hanging out on this wall between his wife OD'ing him losing his practice and the death of their son. So they were, there must have been nothing else going on in this. Nah, it was you know, a very was slow weird. year. That was,
2: yeah. He I, says, I, I did notice at this point that his, his insanity kind of comes and goes. Because like, if he's sure, got the clipping, he, he clearly knows what's happened to his family, but then he keeps reverting back to thinking the Grace is his wife, or that uh, Mel is his wife. Um...
0: Jameson tells Melissa for God's sakes, eat something and then immediately or no, immediately after gagging her and tying her back up because he was trying to feed her earlier and she was kind of not having it but now there's no food there he's tied her back up and gagged her and then as he's leaving the room he says, for God's sakes, eat something and leaves
2: during this part and I'm sorry, Brooks. This won't mean anything to you, but Heath, uh, every time he's referred to her as Grace, my brain wanted to make that his his wife, Grace from Saved by Grace, because I thought they would make a perfect psychotic couple.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, Saved by Grace would be another episode we did on a really bad movie. We're <laughs> seeing <Yeah>. that. Um. <laughs> uh.
1: Oh, yeah. You were talking about the, like him kind of going in and out of his psychosis a little bit. And I remember having the conversation with my brother, Jason, and we were like, you know, is he going to be, like, just unhinged all the time? Or is he going to be, like, he knows that this isn't grace. He just wants it to be. And then I remember we both came to the um, secret window had either recently come out or come out before. And we were remember we had the conversation about Johnny Depp's character about how like whenever he begins to slip into this like state of delusion where he thinks he's beginning to see you know this guy the guy in the black hat he kind of like pops his neck and is kind of hinges his jaw a little bit and that's like the signal to the audience that he's beginning to like see things and hear things again and I remember having the conversation like yeah that would be cool like there's like a, a thing that you do that shows the audience oh no he's like starting to get weird again but i don't think we ever actually did that
0: a conversation we have but never it never got executed so i don't know well he sort of does something like that he kind of holds his temple and squints his eyes and then uh, yeah, a weird oh. uh sort of music kicks in that's just a gradually slower soundbite of people saying oh my god <laughs> oh my God! And it's—that's <laughs> the signal.
1: Oh, I remember that piece
0: of music. Yes. I'll probably put the clip, clip, little clip of that at the beginning of the episode, so people. Know.
1: Yes, do that. It's pretty
0: entertaining. Um, what do I have here? Talking to Albert. What does that mean, Chris? Oh, who is Albert? Was he? I don't know. I wrote my notes talking to Albert. but I don't know what that means. <laughs>
2: Uh, I don't know. From where we are, my notes go into talking about uh, Karen showing up, or is it Karen, blonde girl, showing up for yes. their date slash session.
0: Oh, Albert's just another I think patient of his that he's talking to. Um, uh, oh. That Karen comes and interrupts. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what point it is. number six on the incompetence road. Can't, this motherfucker. There's a girl tied up in the other room! There's a dead body in the trunk! Stop keeping in your house! Is his house and his office the same place or not? Because they have... He and Melissa have a discussion where she's like, hey, it's cool that you... Um... office is in your house, you don't even have to... But there are multiple times in the movie where he's going back and forth as if he's going from his house where Melissa is tied up to his office right i i don't remember what we were trying to do there
1: honestly i don't um it would have made sense if we we wanted to like i remember we did want to have the the parts where know melissa's trapped in like steve they get the sheriff his name is steve we wanted to put it in his house because it's in the house but he didn't have a basement like that the area that he's doing the session on was his downstairs like there was no basement it was just like a big open area um so we had to use the cabin instead but i cannot remember if we wanted to like make the audience think that melissa is in the same place as his house surely not because then wouldn't she have screamed i mean you would have heard her like struggling and screaming and people like you know few feet away would be like is there a a lady screaming in your house sir like no
2: that's just no actually actually now that you you said that i do remember they are separate locations because
0: yeah
2: there's a cabin that is separate from his house because when he when the sheriff heads up to the cabin the deputies are still at his office and that's when they find the kid in the trunk (gasps) that's okay okay Right. So yeah, they are
0: still, two separate reasons. still cancel your appointments. Yes. <laughs> you have a lot on your plate right now, man. It's time to go on a holiday dog. So I mean, Karen arrives, body on the trunk, so. Yes. Karen arrives for their date, which he doesn't even know is happening. Um and immediately starts snooping. Like he goes in the she's like, Can I get a glass of water? And he goes to get a glass of water and it's not like she's there, like, being a detective, looking for Melissa. She doesn't even know Melissa's. Thing. She thinks <laughs> he's just been jogging. She's just going through his desk, looking at his desk, And she finds Belly. the bloody paperweight that he did not clean up. Right as he walks in the room, which is real, like, oh, shit. And she's trying to, like, backpedal. Like, I, I didn't see nothing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I have one of these, too. It's fine. Got a dispenser. Or <laughs> yeah. And he, uh, yeah, he snaps again. He grabs her. He's choking her up against the wall. And this is when, I think it's the first time. It's not the last time that like dollar store Slipknot start playing. <laughs>
2: I think it's every time he kills somebody. Actually, it just it's like the music in his head is what I got. Which yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's two thousand
0: eight. It's that's the time <laughs> that movies are gonna have nothing but this anyway. So, right. You know, it's not the end of the world, but it's.
1: now it's it's kind of <laughs> oh yeah it's it's funny i remember like I, I told everybody after like we had shot the movie they're like what are we gonna do for music i was like oh i'll, I'll make some um <laughs> you know i had like a little midi program on my computer i was like i'll i'll compose it and they're all like okay and i try my best to like compose some music thinking like it's gonna sound really good and it sounds so bad i mean it sounds like that really synthy midi strings you know the trumpets were just horrible and it sounds so electronic and i'm thinking oh my god we're not gonna have any music and then luckily one of the actors is like hey i know some local bands maybe they'll give you some music i'm like that's what we'll do we'll just get some local bands good thinking (laughs) no
0: so now he we don't see him dispose of karen or karen yeah karen's body um goes in to see melissa again still tied up sees some blood on his sleeve and freaks out and that's that's a trigger for him too that's when he goes in the bathroom and we get the oh my god oh my god thing um Mm -hmm. the cops immediately finds karen's body and here's point number seven (laughs) (laughs) trail he has put her body in the woods maybe eight feet from the road (laughs) In a clearing, <laughs> like she's amongst some trees, but you can see her from the road. Like if you, by, you'd be like, what? <laughs> so, he's just—he's not cut out for this. This is—he's not. He—he he was never made to be a killer. Let's be honest. <laughs> so, yeah, the the population of this town—the sign says—is two hundred thirty-seven people, and yet. None of, these, none of these cops or the sheriff who knew this guy's entire backstory know where he lives. Which raises the question, how did they call him? Well, maybe I guess maybe they had his phone number when they called him in to question him. But they're all like, now they're suspecting James and we have to go find him. Where does he live? So we have to have a couple scenes of the sheriff going to like the records lady to like look up where this guy's cabin is. Like, how do you not know that? There's 250 people in town. the sheriff. It's a big news story when this guy came to your town. How do you not know where he is? He's a really good sheriff, too. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, I don't... I mean, mean, is that an elected position? (laughs) I think it's, you know, one of the good old boy type of promotion. No, I I think it was supposed to be like wasn't he like an out of town or two? Is that ever brought up in the movie because I mean his accent is so like thickly Pennsylvanian. Yeah. And like everyone else has like <laughs> normal Southern drawl. I don't, I don't think, think we ever, I don't think, think that, it
2: comes
1: like, up. It never comes up. No. I was I, I've been living here my whole life, kid. Right here in Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He,
1: um, he, yeah, at count. the records
0: place he learns that James's real name is James Michaels, and that the reason oh, that's right. closed was because he had he's already killed a patient when he took the immersion therapy too far. We don't get the details of what that was, but some something horrible happened. That's why he lost his license. He's not even licensed anymore. That's why his practice closed. And that all happened before his wife and son even died. He tries to blame it on like Grace took everything from me. But you threw your kid down the street towards the truck. <laughs> you and we come to find on another flashback she didn't know D. He force fed her pills because she wouldn't stop being a bitch, I guess. I don't know <laughs> like
2: Well and that was one thing that on going back and watching it again, because I had time to with this, um well, sure I you actually
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I actually did um, notice more things about his character and actually start to i I saw that there actually was some some thought put into this character and some depth written into him because he i started thinking about how he is so not only crazy and psychotic but he's so narcissistic in that you know his his methods work and if they're not working it's your fault and he not only lies to everyone about what happened to his family, he's lying to himself. Because in the first flashbacks, it, it's his wife outside with the kid when he gets hit by the car, he was just inside and the wife ODs. And then we get the second set of flashbacks where he, he remembers what really happened. Oh, yeah. And it's like, he, he doesn't just lie to everyone, he's lying to himself. He has managed to, in his head, because of this narcissism, convince himself that everything else is everyone else's fault.
0: Yep. And there's, there, is a, there is a structure to the film. <laughs> we, we get a reveal, and then the reveal is revealed to be not what we thought. Like, it's not, you know, there's yeah. something there. It's not a, a complete waste of time.
1: <laughs> it's a very uh, weakened script, I will say that for sure. I mean, looking back on it, it's I love the fact that I made a movie, you know, with my friends, but you know,
2: it's it's cringy for sure. So, uh, at this point in the story, I do after giving praise, I've now done that. Um, I do have to joy to throw in a criticism that I saw, and not a criticism, just a funny funny thing that I found was that he, at points in the movie, does seem to have like the Jason Voorhees teleportation uh <laughs> he's in one place and then he's been in another place because like like he leaves the cabin after killing her dumps her body goes or leaves his office dumps the body goes back to the cabin the cops are at his office and then he's just back at the office and kills another sheriff and then like two minutes later he's back up at the cabin
1: school. <laughs> <laughs> um, <Yeah>. so. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the, the, the deputies get to his office, they find boy in the trunk, Mark and Parker show up at the same time, and this lady cop is like, sure, come along with me while I investigate. <laughs> <laughs> friend I really I have to
2: good question her qualifications. <laughs> She's just like, yes, I'm going to track down a possible murder suspect, come sit in my back seat. Welcome to... You <laughs> may stay, stay, stay in the car. <laughs> we
0: well, up, and when they it. open, When they open this trunk and find Spider Boy, they act like. I mean, how long has he been in there? Maximum? I mean, time is real sketchy in this movie. But mm. 48 it's like a day, hours tops. Maybe. How long does it take a body to smell that? Because they open it. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my God. Like they open the Ark of the Covenant and ghosts are coming out of it. Like, he wouldn't stink that bad. I know it's hot in Tennessee, Air-conditioned office. I,
1: yeah. I don't think we consulted anybody for that. We just thought, you know, what? once they open this up, it's just going to come all wafting out. Dead body, dead spider. That's it. (laughs) It's going to just mix and just create this melange of
0: horrible stench. (laughs) So the uh, yeah, so the lady deputy takes Parker and Mark to go look for the girls. At which point, Jameson shows back up the office, kills the sort of nerdy, nebbishy deputy. <laughs> most affected by the smell and puking and stuff. Um, the sheriff wanders into Jameson's cabin, finds Melissa tied up, and is a Fist fight ensues, <laughs> well, a fight ensues, <laughs> they're kind of just two <laughs> guys pushing each other into the wall, <laughs> Sheriff winds <laughs> up getting clubbed with a like a log, and um, <laughs> he's yelling at him like, am I the thing you fear, the person you can't, uh, What you know what it is, Chris, I didn't write down the exact, uh, uh, no, I didn't write down the words, but yeah, he was, so the sheriff was afraid of sure. firewood, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Um
1: <laughs> I'll the teach you to fear firewood. Leaves against fear is just teenagers.
0: And here's so the thought. I'm gonna call it point eight. We'll call it the last one and give this guy a break. Um this might just be a continuity thing like you're talking about. But she Melissa escapes because she is clearly not tied up at all. Her hands are up and she just brings her hand down and there's the rope is just hanging off of her arms. <laughs> like he didn't I don't know what happened there, but Watch it. <laughs> she was never tied up in the first place. So female deputy comes in, sees the sheriff laying on the ground, all battered and bloody. Jameson is up on a like a upstairs sort of a balcony, like an indoor like a landing up this flight of mm-hmm. stairs a so rope down and starts choking them so now she's out um then mark and parker come in find both the bodies and karen's broken phone so they know melissa was here so now melissa's running through the woods parker and mark are running through the woods jameson is running through the woods we're all running for a big showdown um Jameson catches up to Melissa, punches her, again. Such a bad man. Well, yeah, he's he's the bad guy. We're not cursing yeah. his behavior. Absolutely not. <laughs> it will never not be weird. <clears throat> even in a movie, to see a guy just closed fist punch a woman in the face. Right? Yeah. Um. So she gets knocked out. She comes to. She's leaning up against a tree, not tied to the tree. She's leaning up against a tree. Well, we've established ropes don't work on her, so... <laughs> yes, that's her magic problem. Um, Jameson has gone off into the woods somewhere. She comes to, just leaning against a tree. Mark is there because during the scuffle between Mark and Jameson, Mark was fell and landed on some sort of a sharp... Stick or something, and he's been stabbed in the back. Um, Parker's taking his sweet time getting to the woods. I don't know how they got so far apart, but he's he doesn't show up for a couple minutes. Um,
1: and to find just the right shirt, to get on for this.
0: Jameson's got an axe and the dummy. And he's telling Grace, This is our kid. Why won't you talk to our kid? Don't you know? <laughs> and he gets a, like a quick flash, like a like a quick flash of, I don't know if it's Melissa dead or if it's Grace, but like a ghost girl, like a girl from the ring, kind of like a jump scare, sort of a quick flash, that he kind of makes him pause. Yeah,
1: that was to be Grace, his wife. I remember that part.
0: Yeah, that's, what, that's my assumption. Um, that's when that's when we have the flashback to what actually happened, um, rather than what he's been fictionalizing his own life about. Um, Parker Parker took the pistol from the sheriff. He comes running in to stop him and trips, shoots, manages still to hit uh, Jameson in the leg.
1: Just so we could have one of those blood gags? The only reason we did that? (laughs) We bought these squibs, we're using them. (laughs) oh no they were they were condoms filled with fake blood they weren't squibs they were just condoms filled <laughs> with. well that's, like i a, mean that's the diy like, squib yeah it was it was great i mean it worked perfectly i mean gosh
0: um so he's well he's almost gonna kill parker with the axe melissa realizes hang on a second she's like hey wait i am grace you're not going to hurt, like, so now she's got the doll and she's like, you're not going to hurt a boy, are you? Um, and that gives him pause for a moment. (laughs) Beating up Parker long enough for Mark, who's not dead actually, he's just dying, to grab the gun. He shoots the doll first, so the doll is right, Chris? Or does he hit the doll with the axe by accident? Yeah,
2: I think he shoots the dog, and then the dog doll with the axe by accident if
0: i yeah. remember right so now he's freaking out because he's killed his son and uh yeah he gets shot a bunch by mark um the wrong boy died i'm gonna go on record and say it oh yeah Yeah. yeah. should have been, <laughs> been. because now we're left with melissa and parker we don't necessarily get it there's no scene of the like but you have to wonder if, like, oh, God, are they going to hook up now? Like, is this the thing, like, the survivors of trauma, and now she's stuck with this fucking guy? Too no. smart for that.
2: <laughs> no. Oh, in fact, I, I, think she, I think she goes over and starts crying over Mark's body and is like, you know, I'm sorry I didn't know, or something like that. But she got the idea in the end. So I think she was now, like, upset that she didn't get to be with Mark or something. I That's what I got anyway.
0: Well, there's a, well, I'll jump ahead, but she, so she, she takes the axe, and she puts it into Jameson, somewhere, we don't see, we see her swing it, and
2: he's, oh, and while this was all happening, the sheriff shows up, and hits it, and gets him with the shotgun ones, I think, yes, the sheriff is not dead, dead. he's just bleeding profusely from the head, and he was aiming for the teenagers, he was like, oh, sorry, doc, (laughs) (laughs) you stupid kids, leave the doc alone.
0: Uh, so then, yeah, then then that's that's when I get the sinking feeling that Parker and Melissa and I get together because she's sitting in the back of the cop car, and he's doing his best to like, no, this isn't your fault. Like he's finally being like a good human being, <laughs> like talking <laughs> to someone in a helpful manner. It'll take a lot more than that to redeem yourself, dude. <laughs> the sheriff's like, okay, you guys are coming back up to the house with me so you can tell me what happened. And Marker says, are you out of your mind? And the cop says, or the sheriff says, the last thing I ever want to hear a police officer say, I've been out of my mind my whole fucking life. <laughs> yeah,
1: that, no, that sir. A, that was a stevism right there. <laughs> That's... I'm, I'm, and I'm not putting like I'm not blaming all of them I mean as the director I should have stepped in and said like, hey let's not do this but again I had no idea what I was doing as a director. I literally thought to direct a movie you're holding the camera. I didn't even know what a director of photography was. I thought the, the director was the one who held the camera <laughs> and just aimed it at people while they did their thing so yeah totally my fault. <laughs> no
0: it's not even It's not even that it's a terrible line it's just a terrible line for a, a, a officer of the law to say. Well I don't think <laughs> <laughs> little line in that movie that he, you want to think like, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I want to hear him say. <laughs> no, 100%, because instead of going back to the cabin, they go back over to the crime scene where, where Mark's body is, and Jameson's body is gone. And the sheriff's immediate reaction is to start cussing these kids out again. You piece of shit, kid! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God! Like, what did they do? <laughs> it's not their fault. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Literally saved the day. <laughs> But jameson has escaped he has left some sort of a note for melissa that says face your fear that he's written in yeah on the back of the picture excrement i don't know probably would you really, <laughs> you really had some balls one. to do a sequel setup my friend <laughs> like Absolutely. that's putting some horses before carts
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, immediately when we were writing the script, we thought like, you know, how's it going to end? And we both thought it's going to just like every single Friday the Thirteenth, you know, movie out there. It ends with this like oh, it's not over moment where
2: there
0: could be a possible another one. And of course, you know, we always never talk about that. But yeah. And there's a lot of I didn't, but there's a lot of once Jameson gets shot, there's a it turns to black and white except for the blood is red. So you made an artistic choice. You went, and there's a lot of slow mo comes in. That's it. That's the movie. We've gone through. We made fun of it. A lot of uh, yeah. chasing people. And not. Punching. Not the worst movie we've watched for this podcast. No, honestly, honest to God, it's not.
2: To be honest, I think it was better than Savage Planet. I was just gonna say.
0: Oh, especially than Savage Planet. Better than Highlander Five. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, at least at least more enjoy watch. Anyway. I'll yeah. Yeah. Like. Because here's the thing. I it's like I watched cost. it the first time. Good.
2: I was just gonna say I, I watched it the first time and just kind of went oh boy, and then you did some research and stuff. He did some research and uh and came back to me with like how much it cost and how long it took to make and i was like wow oh, that's actually impressive and so i went back and watched it again and started noticing layers and things like that and one thing that i really appreciated after having watched the movie that he did for the last episode savage planet it was this sci-fi movie with killer bears and things and i mean this movie it had sean patrick flannery in it okay and they're special Special effects. I wish they had done what you guys did, where like a lot of the gunshots were off screen and a lot of the the blood was off screen. I mean, that was a good way to go. If you don't have a budget, if you don't have like special effects, makeup, and thing like things like that, do it off screen. We still know what happened, but they tried, and they shouldn't have because they like had clip art, special effects where somebody's body was supposed to end because they got ripped in half, and they would move. When the person moved, yeah, and it, and I was just like, they they should have done some shit off screen. I <laughs> guess,
0: yeah, absolutely not. I would say of the at this point, what nineteen movies that we had episode eighteen or nineteen? I can't remember, but I would say this is firmly in the middle of the pack. Uh, yeah, I think well, it's a movies call. better than this and a number <laughs> is worse than this. So that's something. Cool. <laughs> you, made, you made another movie as well, correct? You made like a baseball
1: comedy? I made two more, actually. I made a baseball comedy like, oh gosh, like the next year. Like I think the, the actual next summer um, called Boys of Summer at Boys of Summerville. Boys of Somerville. Yes. And pretty much the same people we could get that played in this one. Um, and again, my brother being in it as well and we just kind of again got together on a weekend and hammered out a script really quickly and we're like boom all right we got this and we kind of wrote that one I don't want to say we wrote it we came up with a bunch of like each of us came up with a bunch of funny scenes like oh let's have a scene where this happens or let's have a scene where this happens that we just got through in a movie and we came up with the idea of like how to string these funny scene or scenes that we thought were funny together with a story so we came up with the scenes first and then laid them all out and we're like okay so let's have this guy doing this and then the reason this happens is because of this and that's kind of how we built the script um which is totally backwards uh but yeah that one that one was another movie um honestly liked making point of fear more than that one because uh it was just it was more fun to make you know it was just stupid and dumb and pointless and we had a great time like i said it was just a bunch of friends you know with boys of somerville we actually started getting people that we didn't know and again not being on the pam we were just like hey you want to be in this movie hey that sounds great um and then i made a third movie which was one that i had written a script for a production company in california and ended up selling it to them and then they came back saying hey we'd like to hire to hire you to direct it and i was like oh whoa! this is i'm this is the first time i have ever going to get paid making a movie so um they paid me and it was like a thousand dollars you know to do and i was like cool that's awesome and we ended up making it and it was the worst experience i've ever had doing something that i wanted to be creative on um because every single day we had to call her up because she had bought this movie beforehand um and Uh, Since she had bought it beforehand, like she had total control. So my script that was getting written, or my script that was written, she was supposed to have given me notes on it to like make any adjustments or anything. I really enjoyed it because it was the very first thing that I had written that was sort of like for kids, well it was for kids. Um, It was called, um, it's called, but it was for kids. It's kind of like a Goonies-esque heist movie for kids. Um, all the main characters are little kids, and they're kind of based on some students that I had because I'm also a teacher. Um, <clears throat> so it was a really fun movie and I love the script. And every single day when we filmed, we had to call her up where she would call us and she was like, "What scenes are you shooting today?" And we we're like, this scene right here?" She's like, okay, this kid can't say this and you can't have this in the movie and you have to change this. And every single day I had to like go into a meeting, like phone meeting with her, figure out what I had to change rewrite it really quickly and it was so infuriating because we were shooting this whole thing out of order so i would change things on like the very first day of shooting that were actually like three quarters of them in, into the movie and by the time we got to that point i'm like what did i change and it was it was a mess it was like a complete catastrophe so the movie edited together is is just yeah nah, i didn't like it <laughs> Um, Looking back at all my movies, I don't like any of them, but they were really fun, and they were awesome experiences, and I'm glad I did each of them, um, if (laughs) for no other reason than to show any aspiring filmmaker out there that you really don't have to know what you're doing to go make a movie, because I had no idea what I was doing, and I made a, quote, movie, unquote, Um, so yeah, get out there and do it, make mistakes, learn from them, see if it's something you want to do forever.
0: You are so you're a teacher now and you are also and uh pimp your book for
1: a minute here oh yeah thank, thank you um yes i am a middle grade author middle grade is sort of like uh, books geared toward you know upper elementary middle school age kids um of course you know they middle grade anybody can read them but my book is called my seventh grade life in tights it was published by random house in 2016 the paperback came out in 2017 all about uh Kid who's living in Tennessee where I am, and he just loves to dance, and he's really, really bad at it. And he gets the chance to go into this big competition, and lots of hilarity, drama, and bad dance moves ensue. So I really, really love this <laughs> one, um, and I've got more coming out later on. I'm um, just this year, like twenty twenty one, um, I've got five books that are with editors that are going to be with editors, right, or sometime during this week. So, five books was called Being On Sub, which means, fingers crossed, hopefully all of them will end up coming out within the next couple of years or so, but I'm not holding my breath, so. Yeah, My Seventh Career Life and Tides is my debut novel, and hopefully more will come soon.
0: Everybody go check out book, check out his future books. He's a good guy, very generous with his time. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, Um,
1: yeah, Twitter. Um, I'm all over on Twitter. I'm on Twitter too much. Um, just at Brooks Benjamin. Um, I, I'm not on Facebook. Uh, I got Instagram. It sounds really pretentious. It's the Brooks Benjamin, just because Brooks Benjamin was our, and, uh, they never post. So if you just do at Brooks Benjamin on Instagram, it goes to some other guy. It's not me. So I had to be, you know, just pick something up. Uh, In retrospect, I wish I did author Brooks Benjamin, because that would have been a little bit better, but ended up being the Brooks Benjamin. Um, And I also have a website, brooksbenjamin.com. It's got some information, a little bit about me, my books, upcoming projects, things like that, and a contact me page. And nothing
0: about your movies.
1: (laughs) Nothing about my movies. No, I (laughs) separated my cinematic life from my uh, narrative writing life, uh, just because, you know, that was... Uh, so long ago, first of all, and I literally had no idea what I was doing. So, you know, and kind of trying to build my platform as, like, you know, a middle grade author, picture book, middle grade author, um, also a teacher. And, you know, besides the latest movie that i have made, you know, none of them are what I would want any of my students to see just because they're just so dang bad.
0: <laughs> well, sir, thank you very much for your time was a, a lot of fun. Um, thank you for having me.
2: This was awesome. This was really, really cool. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed not just sitting here and talking about a movie, but actually having insight into the movie we watched. I, I hope that maybe in the future we get to do this again with somebody, but uh, if not, this was a, a one-of-a-kind experience. I'm glad we got to do it. Thank you, sir. Well, thank you for having me. This was really, really fun.
0: Yeah, and it's a reminder that Nobody, with the exception maybe of Uwe Bowl and the fine people at Troma Films, sets out to make a bad movie. You know, it's a labor of love, they're doing something that they want to do, and however it turns out, cut them some slack. Because I've never made a movie, so I, I'd have some balls to bust your balls, because you did something I've never done three times. So well, you, could. you could easily do it. <laughs> I tell
1: people the only difference between like either writing a book or making a movie the only difference between me and them is i just made the time to do it that's it that's you know i sit down hammer out some words get some editors critique partners that's all it takes and and a good story which is where i went wrong with you know my first two movies we really had no story so (laughs) i've learned and that story is really important according to people who enjoy books and movies (laughs)
0: <laughs> we wound up enjoying them. Wow. Well, Now's the, now the time in the episode when, ordinarily, I would push the magic button to select our movie for next week, but because we pushed this down the schedule a little bit, last week's episode we already did that. So, again, next week's episode is Let's Kill Grandpa This Christmas, which is available on Tubi for anyone, if that's the homework you would like to do for next week. Um, I think that'll do it. For us, I'm at Heath Lambert 78 on Twitter, the podcast That's a Random P2 at That's a Random P2. Um, Send emails, questions, letters, complaints, all of that to our email address at That's a Random Pod at gmail.com. And uh, that'll do it for me. Any final words? Anyone else?
2: Uh, if, if anyone cares or is interested, I can be found. Uh, on Instagram at at Project Nerd Shirt Uh, Twitter nerd underscore shirt I think is what I have (laughs) I don't really pay attention and uh, yeah that's about it
0: alright I think that'll do it for this week big thanks to Brooks Benjamin absolutely Miss Lambert I'll see you next week for a movie that Honestly, I've already watched it. Honestly, worse than this movie.
2: <laughs> I, I'm about halfway through.
0: And everything that it like stands for and whatnot, it's like someone took Incel Reddit and put it in a blender and made a movie out of it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you got that one beat. Ooh, that's bad. <laughs> anyway, thank you, sir. Thanks, everybody. Have a good week.